Uh oh, my podcast left. Hey, everybody. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Unwrapping the Gift of Grief. We're back for episode four with our special guest, Sharon Marshall. Hey, Tasha, what's going on, chick? Hey, y'all. Hey, girl. Hey, ladies. How are you all doing? All is well. All is well. Welcome, 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 everybody. Hey, Sharon. Welcome aboard. Hi, Tasha. How are you all? Y'all feeling wonderful. Ashy, I just got to working out. (laughs) It's all right. It's all right. That's okay, girl. That's okay. So, today, um, I want to start this podcast off a little different. I want to send some light and love to my friend um, Buck Hull in the loss of his grandfather. Friend, I love you so much. I'm here for you. And just understand that grief is a feeling that you really can't explain at the moment. As we spoke about it earlier, stick with it. Um, just let your feelings do what it's going to do. And we shall talk a little bit later. Okay. So, like I said, we're back with episode four with Sharon Marshall on here. Um, Sharon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, well, um, Sharon Marshall, I'm a PK. Um, I guess the reason for me being on the podcast is because I definitely experienced grief. Um, I want to say within two years i lost my my dad my mom and my baby brother and he was murdered um mm-hmm. an act of violence he was murdered and then body set on fire and so that was like terrible for me and so i guess that's the reason i'm a guest on the show and i'm glad i get to talk about it and help somebody else absolutely absolutely thank you so much for sharing Sharon, I need you to bring your camera up a little bit to your face. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because we want to see that beautiful smile, girl. Okay. So, like I said, this show, we don't have a bunch of frills or fluffs in this show. It's natural, raw, uncut, no holes barred. We're going to die. Unedited. Unedited. Tonight, I got me some tea. So I'm sipping light I have tonight. Some wine. She had some wine. I had some ice. It's all gone now. <laughs> <laughs> I done had that too. <laughs> babe, you got you, babe, you got you a big gulp cup. Yes. All right now. Okay, so let's dive right into it. Um, how do you define grief? Um, grief what does your grief look like? Grief for me was. I think grief for everybody is different, but grief for me, I went through a state of depression. Um, it was crazy because there were so many people around me and still nobody like they had no idea, except my one friend, he came over and he was like, um, he called me and he came over and he was asking me like, he, it was like, he looked right through me. He was like, you're not okay, are you? And I was like, no. But everybody else around me, like they had no clue that I was going through a state of depression. And it was like so weird. 
because I was around these people all the time. I want to say almost every day. If not every day, I was definitely talking to them all the time. Because um, my brother transpired and he was murdered in January, the beginning of the year, January 9th. And um, so it was during the winter. So I wasn't around them that much, but I was still on the phone with them. And so grief for me, yeah, I went through an entire state of depression. And I'll say um, after my brother died, his kids had asked to come over my house. And truthfully, I didn't feel like being bothered because it hurt me. Um, his death was like terrible, so it had hurt me real bad. And um, I didn't want to be bothered, like I said, but they they don't know it. They probably don't know it still today. They are, they helped me heal because I had surrounded myself with the kids. With kids, I ain't have to explain nothing. I didn't have to explain anything to them. Kids don't pay attention. They were young adults. That's what I call them. They were young adults. And so I didn't have to explain nothing to them. They, you know, kids, some younger kids can see through you and be like, you okay? Everything okay? You all right, mommy? But they were young adults so i was able to heal with them around me and so yeah so yeah my grief i went through a state of depression uh, for a while it prompted me to start working out and everything because yeah it was terrible for me yeah grief is definitely a terrible journey and it's crazy that you just said that um your kids help you to heal because what I realized is other adults that have hasn't experienced the journey that we've taken cannot understand and can't really pinpoint the moment that we're grieving or we're mm -hmm. having these um, emotional overwhelming days. So it's like with kids, you know, they, they love on you and they're, aware because you're their mom mm -hmm. and they want you, they want to love on you and help you get better and, and for me my my daughter i think for me my daughter my daughter was my ride or die through my grandma and my mama um although my son he's a mama's boy he was always right up on me but my daughter and i we created and and had we created a great, wonderful bond um, through the losses that I had. So yeah. I, I definitely understand that. And yep. thank you. Thank you for sharing that um, with yes. us. Tasha, what and you I, got? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go share. Well, share. I was going to say, it wasn't even my, it wasn't my kids, my immediate kids. It was like my nieces and nephews, like my brother's kids, his three okay. daughters. Um, it, I just, had a lot of young people in my house and so you know young people they just they natural silly self they yes. just they literally yes. they natural silly yes. self and so yes. there was times where i would be like mentally going through it they would make me laugh um they would be like let's play cards or let's do this and we'll get in the kitchen and get the cooking and stuff together and so every day i was if i wasn't cooking every day i cooked every other day but nine times out of ten I cook every day and I probably cook mm. two or three times a day. And so that's what helped me to heal because they, it was almost as if they forced life to go on as usual for me. 
where if they weren't there, it wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and part of that is because they were his children. So because they were his children, um, they looking at you like, TT, we got you. And they probably look like him. Couple of them, they all may have a piece of him that mm -hmm. reminds you of him. One yes. might be the silly him. One might be the serious him. Yeah. One might be the calm storm him. So, like you said, the children, the young people, um, were that were that pillar for you to hold mm -hmm. on to. Absolutely. And I can relate to that because my mom passed away almost eight months ago on the tenth of this month, and um, the journey the the journey from last April up until she passed away, it was me and my children my kids was holding me down like mom come home we'll get we'll go we'll let you take a break and we'll go see about mom um when i had to result in putting her into a nursing home i was like i would tell the team of uh, the medical team i don't need y'all because this is what i do i got my mom y'all take care of your other residents i got her i'll be her nurse and i was there from sun up to sundown that's when my workout journey started because I will walk there, walk back. So my workout journey started with that because that's when I found a peace of mind to God, how can I do this? God, how am I going to get through this? God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you're trying to tell me in all of this? Because we, we went through this process to still get here. Mm -hmm. And we were going to get here why did you take us through this process over there if we were still going to end up here? So my kids, especially my daughter, when I say held it down like none other, oh, my God. So I can relate to that. So like you say, kids don't quite understand because they still got us. They still got yeah. their moms, their dads, and all they can do is just, you know, cry with us you know come on mama we got you you know mm -hmm. my kids know when i get quiet when i'm having a moment they they know because they'll come in with some flowers or some of my some things that i like you know here go here mama this i'm granny like you know so they mm -hmm. do understand they understand mm -hmm. yeah now now sharon you, you you spoke about you spoke about grief with your brother um describe grief with your parents because i'm quite sure that was totally different totally different. oh uh, yeah that was totally different um with my dad i was a daddy's girl anybody know me know that i'm mm -hmm. a daddy's girl and so um yeah that hurt me to the core um yeah it was that was terrible for me hi pretty i'm sorry y'all this is my neighbor's baby hi pretty <laughs> but yeah, that was terrible for me, um, losing my dad. Cause, it, like I said, I was a daddy's girl. Um, I would, I would call my daddy and tell him stuff that people probably would not normally tell their dads because I had a relationship. Like during the course of me being married in my, um, my, was he my boyfriend at the time? He had cheated and made a baby. I'm, and when he was calling me to get back with me, I was like. 
hell no, we'll never get back together. And so I made him go to my dad and talk to my dad. Like, and if my dad give us blessings, then I date you again. And yeah, so yeah, my dad was everything to me. So losing my dad was like really terrible for me. Um, I thought I could, I thought I could still operate in life and still do stuff and still get up and go to work. And I could not. I would get up every day attempting to go to work. I probably missed like the first two days. And then I would get up attempting to go to work. I would have breakdowns at work to the point I was leaving work every single day. Um, I probably left work. I probably didn't work for like seven days. It affected me more than I thought it would. And so even with my mom, that was bad for me as well because she passed during COVID. Um, so my brother passed in March, six months later, my mother transitioned in, in June and they remember they just shut the world down in, in uh, my brother passed in January. They shut the world down in March and then here go my mom. She passed in June. So I didn't even get a chance to see my mother for a mm. while since COVID and that really hurt. And so, uh, yeah, mm. the, those, those were different totally different so, and so at some point so at some point sharon during that time um were you allowed to see your mom at some point whether through the door or whatever no just on the phone absolutely not and that's because um at that point my mother was in a nursing home so if you had family yeah. in a nursing home you could yeah. not enter what you could not access yeah yeah exactly yeah. because they were scared yeah. that you would infect the you know, COVID affected older people more than it did anybody. And so mm -hmm. those people were mm -hmm. more sickly and everything else. So no, I did not get to see my mom before she passed. My God. Yeah. And see, my grandmother was in the nursing home um, and I would have to go to the window to see her. Mm. Or they'll roll her out in the wheelchair and I will be standing in the lobby and will have to wave or talk way down the glass lobby door like that, that whole covid shutdown was so much yeah so much but i am glad that i got a chance to actually do that yeah because we did not because so many and it's were, hard you know, when you don't their family and, and you were and it's hard when you don't get that chance to say your final goodbyes or see you later or set your eyes on them for that last time because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they're in that, those facilities and it's a COVID outbreak and a shutdown, to them, they like, I just want to see my family. You know, I don't want this food. I want to talk mm -hmm. to my family because, you know, most times there are no phones in the rooms and if they are older, they might can't reach the phone, their cell phone, because you got nurses that don't want to plug them and charge them. I went through that too. And I'm just like, listen, I told y'all when I brought my mother here, I'm the one you don't want to play with because I know how to go up the chain of command and how to bypass some stuff. And I report y'all and have you fired. And I had to go through that a couple of times. So I definitely, that that is understandable. And that is, that's rough. It's hard. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, Absolutely. What, what helped us is the fact that, and I, that's why I say God don't make no mistakes. He know exactly what he be doing because my mom had dementia. 
So she had no idea that it was mm. us that it weighed heavy on because yeah. we felt like she died alone. Mm -hmm. Like in our mind, we was like, we couldn't be there. She basically died alone. She didn't, that was not her experience. Cause when you got dementia, you, you relive, you're literally reliving your life. All you relive. Absolutely. You see things from way back whenever. Yes. Yep. And so that was the blessing about it. That was the blessed part about it. Cause she had no idea. Like at that point, she didn't even know she had kids. We would come up there. She'd be like, y'all so pretty. Like y'all my sisters, you know what I'm saying? And we be oh, like, wow. yeah, we your daughter. Like that's why we call you mom. But in her, she like, I don't got no kids. So and, she was really like at that point. So, so like I said, it affected us more than it affected her. Mm -hmm. And going so through dementia, that also takes you back to like with my mom. Mm -hmm. They wanted to keep saying she didn't have it. I'm like, listen, y'all doctors, how y'all gonna tell me? I'm just, a, I'm just a nurse's assistant. This girl is dealing with some type, some form of dementia or Alzheimer's. I say you're not gonna see this. She's speaking to people. Seeing people like, look, that ain't go. That's yeah. been dead over 50 years, you know, and 20 years. And like right. my mom, right. my grandmother been deceased since I was eight years old. And I mean, she talking to him like, I'm coming. I'm like, no, you're not. You no, you ain't <laughs> talking to my dad that's been gone 32 years. I'm like, no, you're not. Girl, he waving. Don't you see him waving? I'm like, uh uh. And I, I, in the beginning, I was like, yeah, I see him, and I would wave back, and then I had to say, listen, just let her know, no, you're you're speaking in a past life that is no more, and when you're ready to step over there, you step over there when you're ready, but right now, and she will snap back, and she will say, I'm not ready. When I'm ready, I'm going. I'd be like, okay, stay on this side then, you know, mm -hmm. stay over here. <laughs> so you're right about and that, see, going through that dementia state. Yeah. See, I, I also I went through that with my grandmother and what I did not do. I, um, I didn't bring her back. I let her stay in that space because for me, I would go up there and sit for hours every day and she would talk to her mother. She would talk to her dad. She would talk to cousins that's been gone and her sister. But I can recall one conversation that kind of broke me down. Uh, actually, it was two conversations. She had one conversation with her dad. And she was asking her dad, could she have some ice cream for the last mm. time? And mm. she was talking and crying like she was probably about eight years old. She was like, please, daddy, please, can I please have some ice cream for mm. the last time? And girl, it made me go to Culver's and get my grandma some ice cream. Like, mm -hmm. this is weird, but okay. And then like a few days later, I was sitting up there and she was having a conversation with one of her cousins who has been passed on and basically telling her that get the ironing board because she want to press her clothes out because this is mm. what she gonna wear mm. i was like what are you gonna wear it to how final like, rest when i get up there they get they getting me ready oh and i was like oh okay all right so it, it's a trip when they're going through that that phase of dementia and when they're transitioning. Yeah. And it, but it's hard on it's hard on us that sitting there watching it. Yeah. But them is not. It's not. They, it's they not. be in they it's happy not. state. They literally be in they happy do. state. They yes, do they because do. I can say 
um, when I had to take my mom back to the hospital, it went from taking her in because I was pissed that my brother let them send her back to the facility. Mm-hmm. And then he called saying, mama don't look right. I'm like, what you mean? She don't even know who I am. I'm like, she was talking fast to me when I was up there. She don't know who I am. I'm like, well, if you saying she don't look right, why would you let them take her out of there? Why would you wait and call mm-hmm. me now when it's after hours and intake in a nursing facility after hour intake, they don't do nothing but take you in. They don't have enough sense to say, no, this ain't how this resident is. Let's mm-hmm. take them back. I have to get there and take her back. And mm-hmm. uh, the emergency physician say, I don't even know why they released her in this frame of mind because she was not in her right frame of mind. And it went from in and out, in and out. That night, this was a Sunday night going into Monday morning. And we're going to admit her, take her upstairs. We did that, got upstairs in a room, got settled to them running tests. To the doctor coming in saying, okay, give me your evaluation. What do you see? I told him what I saw. Mind you, that Sunday, I took my mom communion. I gave her communion. We ate dinner. We ate lunch. We watched them shoot them up, all of that. We laughed and joked like nothing was wrong. Then she said, okay, girl, when they shoot them up, go off. I'm going to sleep. She went to sleep. She didn't wake back up. Wow. All her, I'm looking at her vitals. I'm like, vitals are good. But she keep going to this place, not coming back. So when the doctor came in and I gave him my eval of what I thought and what I saw, I said, my mama tired. I see that these vitals are good. These numbers good. But her body is shutting down. And it went from that to is nothing else we can do. She's going to hospice. I'm like, wait a minute now. Wait, right. wait, wait, wait. The hospice I, say, scary. I was like, wait. I say, we that's what we have right now. He said dialysis is not working anymore. She wasn't diabetic. She had kidney cancer. Mm-hmm. We had to remove one. I'm like, I knew that it wasn't functioning um anymore at 14%. I say, but we down to no more function. He said, We're to no more function. It's been no more function for a long time. I said, nobody said anything. But anyhow, we ended up going to hospice. I said, well, when are we going? He said, right now. I'm like, wait, because I ain't ready. I'm like, because that meant, I said, but I know people have went to hospice and was given a time frame, and they lived six years past that, two, three years past that. We went up to hospice. My mama said, am I dying? She woke up. I was like, no, girl. Yes, I am. That's why they keep giving me all these baths. I said, no, you coming from one floor to another floor. They're going to make sure you clean. When I tell you I watched her demise, I saw the change in the breathing patterns. I told my kids, I said, mama, don't have long. I said, give or take one week from today. And just as show as I said, it, we got her home that Wednesday, that following Thursday, she was gone. Wow. I sat up with her every day during this journey from April until November, just playing gospel gospel music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of her favorites. Mm-hmm. The night of the morning of the 10th, from, from the 9th all the way into midnight, three o'clock in the morning, I was sitting up on the side of her bed, just singing to her. She would grab my hand and squeeze it. And I, and I had to 
get myself together. And I said, mama, if you're tired, cause she could no longer respond to me. I said, if you're tired, I said, it's okay. I ain't ready for you to go, but it's not my call. If you are tired and you are ready, I told her, go ahead and cross over. And I promise you at the crack of dawn, I got up, got my grandbabies ready for school. My grandbabies left out the building. My baby left out and went to school. My mama passed away. She didn't want to do it while I feel like she didn't want to do it while the kids were in the house. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you broke me down, mm-hmm. I don't care how prepared we think we are. <laughs> you when it know. happens, it's like it just hit like I'm just finding out you're leaving. And I'm like, what the hell? This what this the hand you're dealing me? But the mm-hmm. fact that I was able to bring her home like I wanted to, and she left at home in my house, I was okay with that. But I wasn't okay. If you, if right. that, if that, you know what it I mean. Makes all the sense in the world. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Like Tasha, yeah. you just said something about how uh, your mother didn't want, like you, you felt like she didn't want to pass while the kids were there. Mm-mm. And I, I have, I have a similar story. Like I woke up that morning um on the 25th went kissed my mama we she was asleep because she had went to sleep that thursday and did not wake back up um but before she went to sleep she actually had a conversation with me and my friend Tawanda and she basically was telling us thank you for all y'all did and giving me final instructions and Mm. then she said all right girl see y'all on the other side and that night that lady went to sleep and then and me and my mama had that conversation that Wednesday morning, 5 a.m. And she went two days later. Well, and so so that morning, the morning that she died, I got up. Like I said, she was sleeping. And uh, I kissed her. I told her, I'll see you later, girl, when I get off work. And it takes me at that time. It took me 28 minutes to get to work. I had done got to work, got on my bus. Pulled Mm-mm. my bus out of the garage and was two lights away from my garage. And Mm-mm. my dispatcher was calling me saying, hey, call your sister to Wanda. So when they was like, call your sister to Wanda, I already knew what that meant. Yeah. So when I Mm-mm. called to Wanda, so Wanda was like, she's gone. And I'm like, I just left. I just felt she like, didn't want to go while you were there. there. She didn't, didn't want to go. go while I was there. And you you gave me a chance to go go get a, a fresh breath of air for a moment. Yeah. And then collect myself and then come back and deal with all that I had to deal with. But the yeah. blessing and all of that is when she went to sleep on that Thursday night, we had a conversation. Yeah, she and I had closure. And she talked to me and told me, thank you for all that you've done for me. And that in itself was enough for me. And I know know my mom is in heaven. That's enough for me. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. And see, when my mama told me, when she woke me up, I got to tell you something. I said, mama, it's five o'clock. It wasn't even daylight outside. I was like, what? She said, sit up. You know, I love you. And I was I was like, yeah, because I was mm. tired. I'd be up all night. I was like, yeah, mom, I love right. you too. And I just, 
No, sit up. Cause I need, I don't think you realize how much I love you. Everything you've done and some of the instructions that she gave me, all of them hats at my house, you better wear them. Cause now you got to walk this walk. I'm like, <laughs> I wear hats from time to time. She's like, no, I'm passing it down to you. I love you. I thank you for putting your life on hold. Now go live your life. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, mama. I say, I will when it's that time, you know? And so that morning for me to step out the door, literally just for a couple of minutes and walk back in just like that. And she was just pale. My daughter-in-law was like, why her lips look like that? I'm like, who? We both ran and washed our hands because we coming in from outside, you know, and I walk up and I just scream because I'm like, no, you didn't. I was right here with you. That was the reason I brought you home. So when you went away, when you crossed over, I could be right here with you. And I, I felt like she took that part away from me. But I also feel like she did it that way because she knew it would have broke me down even more. Yeah. So yeah. And there's way, always a lesson. Absolutely. It's always a way to do it. And mm -hmm. she went out gracefully. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let, let's let's close this one. Um yeah. we can stay here all day, mm -hmm. baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can stay here all day. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're gonna close it with the post and how do you post? Huh? Uh-uh, no, we just gonna close that. We just gonna close that question. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So we can stay okay. on that all day. Question. Right. We can't. I'm closing that question because <laughs> baby. Oh, child. Uh, yes, yeah. Nikki. God knows. Sharon. Yes. What's your, what's your, what's, what do you think is the biggest misconception about grief? Oh, time. You like, know, what are some things in that conversation? What, what's some things some people don't say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, they ain't, ain't nobody said none to me. Not about no death and no grief. <laughs> I, I wish they would. But uh, I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard people um, say like she still like that happened over a year ago or two years ago. Like yeah, she still ain't over it. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. One time there was a, a friend of mine. Well, not a friend of mine, an associate, and she was on. Facebook and I would see her constantly grieving her mother and I would like you know I wasn't saying like man she ain't over it like that you know but my question was like man death hurt like that that you know that's that was more so of like man death hurt like that that you grieved that long oh I got right because you hadn't experienced it exactly at that point I hadn't experienced it oh mm -hmm. but I got my chance to see because I don't know it just seemed like if you, I always tell people, if you have a heart to be like, um, it's, it's taking that long. Oh, you will wear them shoes. That's you going to, that's when you're going to get your experience. Like keep everybody got to sit in that seat. Everybody. Yeah. You're going to get your experience. And I, ain't no I, telling I always how that's coming. That. It might be a mother, mm -hmm. I a always father, say everybody. a kid, a sister, uh -huh. brother. You're going to get your chance. Absolutely. Yeah, so Absolutely. I think that's the biggest um, misconception about grief that people 
um, that's the biggest question about grief. I think that people have a hard time with like how long, how long you supposed to grieve. There is no time frame, absolutely mm -hmm. no time frame. You will grieve forever. And it, it, you know, Absolutely. some people grieve differently. Um, it depends on, I tell people all the time, because I was offended when people would um, tell me, I won't lie. I would be super offended when people would be like, I know what you're going through. That Ooh. would offend me so bad because no, you do not. You may not have had the same relationship I had with my dad. You may we not have had the same relationship I had with this person. Man, so for me, that was offensive. And I know they probably meant no harm, but to me, sometimes, like, just, just don't say nothing if you don't know. Listen. Yeah. Because I hate for people to uh, go churchy on me. God, don't make no mistakes. Don't tell me that. that to me, that's just not right. the right time for you to allow that to come out your mouth. That's not or they right say they in a better place. How do you yeah. know they in a better place? Everybody okay. ain't going up there. Everybody okay. ain't going down there. Okay. Even some people, you don't know where they going to okay. end up at. Yeah. You know, so all that is offensive nope. to me because you you just don't know. That's offensive, and sometimes it's like that's why I say I I do not like when people be over churchy. Like I I do not understand <laughs> that. Like keep your get your cursed out. Exactly. Keep your scriptures to yourself sometimes. If you don't have, if God don't give you exactly what to say, because at that point you're dealing with a person that's grieving and you don't know how grief looks to them. You don't know how exactly. grief feels to exactly. them. And so therefore, you like, it, you, they easy to be offended. It's easy to offend somebody that's grieving. Super easy. And it might be something you say on the regular and y'all have had these conversations, but during the time that they grieving is not the right time. And so, Absolutely. yeah, those are two triggers for me. Um, how long you gonna grieve? And yeah, don't hit me with all the scriptures. Don't do that to me. <laughs> there is no time frame. There is no time. There is no time. It is not. I I find myself some days um, just drained, just drained, and emotionally overwhelmed with grief. Yeah, like it, and it comes from it comes from nowhere. Like I was good. Yeah, but you cannot put a time frame on it. You definitely can't. Especially, and I, I would mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was gonna say, especially during the time that um they transition or their birthday or certain holidays Ooh, come up, you might not even girl. be thinking about that. Like. When I know it's time for my, like my mother and father both passed in June. So I try to stay off of um, Facebook as much as I can in June. I didn't want um, to come across those memories. So I would not hit the memory yeah. because I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted my day to be good, prosperous. And like any other day for me, I didn't want to be sad. You know, there's some people that do mourn the day and um, they, how would you say it? Like they, they celebrate their death anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's not what our family do. We don't get together and release balloons or none of that. We want, um, our day to go as normal as possible because it was a bond, you know? And so I try to stay away from that, but you got them times that it'll just come over you and you'd be like, why I can't shake this. And it'd be around a birthday or a death anniversary. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. 
And and I've had I've heard people say Go go ahead, Crystal. I've had people say holidays for me. You go. Okay. (laughs) Holidays for me are kind of the worst. So what I do on holidays, I push myself to be involved in cooking all day, throwing events in my house, because that takes my mind off of Mm -hmm. my loved ones. And like, even on holidays, when people ask me, well, I still have, it'd be a mundane feeling. And they or a look or something on me, and they'll be like, Well, what's wrong with you? Not realizing that I'm pressing my way through this holiday, I'm pushing through this holiday, and I'm forcing mm-hmm. myself to enjoy a- this holiday. Yeah, so that that's what that's one of the biggest misconceptions for me. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, something gonna be wrong with me all the time because I'm still grieving, it hasn't left me. Yeah, it has not left me, you know. So go ahead, Tosh. And and so like for me, like it's the first of everything. The first year, like my Mm -hmm. mom's birthday is rolling around this Sunday. Mm -hmm. And my brother has decided he's going to have a birthday memorial gathering uh, this Saturday. You know, she loves soul food. So they're going to do a whole spread. And I'm like, I ain't with that. (laughs) I'm like, you sound like me. I'm like, I ain't with that. (laughs) But yeah, ooh, like it's it's a lot. And you know, people say, well, you know, when their birthdays roll around, don't be sad. How you gonna tell me how to feel? Don't tell me how to feel with my within my first year. Mm Because when that moment, sometimes you can be riding and you having a good day and the music bumping and you in it. And out of nowhere, here they come falling. Yeah. Just yeah. like, or you in the house doing whatever, and here they come falling. You in a good space, yeah. but here come, here come the gloom feeling. And it's yeah. like, man. And I've had people say, don't sit in that, don't sit in that. And I've almost said some things. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't tell me what to sit in, and your mama's still here. Exactly. Don't tell me what to sit in and your daddy's exactly. still here because I don't want to exactly. hear that. You don't know what I feel. One, you didn't have the relationship with my mama that I had. And two, I almost said, Mammy, your mother or your father <laughs> is still here. Don't come for me like that. Because when you come for me like that, you're about going to get told some things. Or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Now, I talk about how uh, on my 39th birthday, because uh, I lost my mom that year, my 30, my 40th birthday, I talk about how I woke up that morning and I had just this headache. It felt like my head was going to explode. Like, I'm turning 40. This is a big year for me. And my mother is not here. And at the time, I was dating someone. <laughs> now this is funny. I was dating someone, Sharon. You know who this person is. <laughs> and I kept saying, like, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do anything. And he was like, You don't want to do nothing. 
doing? I was like, no, I, I don't feel well today. I'm not in a good mood. I don't want to do anything. So he goes on to say, well, you, you just going to sit there and cry and be sad on your birthday? And then when I did decide to do something, I was like, well, come out here to the house and we can do something. I'm not taking no Uber to come get you, to come out there to your house. If you want to do something for your birthday, you get up and you come get me. What? Uh, number one, it's my 40th birthday. I'm grieving my mama, and this is what we're doing. And I'd have been like, nah, dude. No, nah, bro. Uh-uh. We can't, uh, we can't do this. And Deuce was already <laughs> on my mind at the time for some other stuff. But uh, I was like, are yeah, you serious? You... It's just like the way that people think you should act when it comes around to special occasions and special days. It's not normal anymore. Mm -mm. This is not normal and... for me. So now I got to figure out how to process my feelings on this day. Because my, I should not be without my mom on my 40th birthday. Yeah, Man, listen. Yeah, and listen. I had to, to um ask God to forgive me at times because I had a moment like they said it's seven stages of grief, and so I had a I mm -hmm. had moments where I was bitter, and for people who didn't understand, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I had to ask God to forgive me because I I wanted them to experience it so they would understand. Ooh. And mm -hmm. was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I literally, I can be honest, I literally had to ask God to forgive me and take that away from me because I I don't want nobody to experience what I experienced. At the time when they would say stupid stuff, I'd be like, well, when, you know, in my mind, I was saying, well, you're going to experience it and you're going to get it then. But that mm -hmm. ain't nothing you want nobody to experience. So it was times Absolutely. I literally had to ask God to forgive me and take that thought out of my mind because you had your bitter stage. You, you go through your stage of bitterness. Did you ever go through denial? No. Um, you never experienced the, denial. I didn't. I didn't go through denial because uh, um, when my brother, the way he was, uh, he passed, I didn't go through denial. Um, um, the fact that my mother, I couldn't see her. I couldn't. It was like. Um, I wouldn't say it was denial, but it was like, it was like unreal because I hadn't saw her. And so, because I hadn't saw her in so long, you, it was the weirdest feeling ever. Cause it was like, it's still, you still not seeing her. Like you saw her mm -hmm. in the casket, but it's, you was, it was just me preparing for the day that I get, did get to see her, which would be in the casket. Mm -hmm. But because I went, that long COVID period of not seeing her, yeah, it was like, it was hard to process that, it was hard to process her death because it was like, I ain't saw my mama in so long, in at least a couple of months. And so that was, that was the weirdest feeling ever. Cause it was, it was still like, you have to remember your mother not here because it felt the same. Like I hadn't mm -hmm. been seen. So, yeah. yeah I okay. What about you, Tasha? Have, did you experience denial? I did. Um, I only experienced it um, 
the morning of her passing because um, at some point down the line, she and I had talked about um, who was going to do her services. And she was more concerned with how I wanted her services to go. I said, well, mom, you're mother emeritus. I say, so, you know, I'm going to lay you out. I'm going to lay you out like you're the mother emeritus of your church. Mm-hmm. There will be no other way to do it. And I told her, I shared with her who I wanted to um, do her services. And I have a cousin that has a funeral service. I didn't want to use him because I'm extra and I wanted what I wanted. I'm like, nope, I want to go with this this funeral home here because I'm going to get everything. They come yeah, with a choir. They, they, come, they come with a choir. I didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. going outside doing this, this, this. I say, mama, I said, this is who I'm going with. So that was established. Mm-hmm. And so that morning when she passed, a part of me, because my brother gave me so much hell the last month, I said, I ain't calling him, telling him, snot. He'll find out later on in the day when I call him and tell him. But then a part of me was like, Tasha, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was like, I'm going to call my cousin Dante and tell him, okay, come on, make your way. Which I didn't have to do that because in hospice, you put down who you want, what funeral home you're going with. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when a person pass away, they automatically put the call through. Mm-hmm. Dante was already on his way. Once I made the call to let my brother know, my brother called his son. His son decided to call our other cousin. And then I found out he on the way to the house because he didn't call me, cuz, how you doing? Because we're really close. I'm like, I'm not. He said, we on the way. I said, what you on the way for? He said, I'm coming to your house. I said, why are you coming to my house? I already have a funeral home. He said, well... They called me. I said, who called you? He was like, um, Travis. I said, that wasn't his place to call you. If you didn't get a call from me, then no. I said, because the funeral home is already on the way to pick her up. Well, he was literally at the next block from my house. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? Just come on. I called my best friend and told her, just call Dante and tell them don't come. And so in the end, I felt like I should have did it the way I said I was going to do it and who I was going to use and let Mm -hmm. them be pissed off and angry and not give a damn. But I said, okay, just do it this way to keep, you know, so I don't have to upset myself. I was upset enough. Mm -hmm. Although my cousin laid my mama out the way I wanted him. He was like, whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. I said, okay, this is what I want. My mama's favorite color is green. I said, I wish you could find me an emerald green casket. And just as sure as I said it, he said, I got one for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh? My brother wanted to go with white. I said, I ain't going with that. This is my call. I'm going to put my mother away the way I'm supposed to put her away. What you know about doing the service? You don't know. You've never done it. So in the end of all of that, I felt like I should have did it the way I wanted to do it as far as who I wanted to do the services. But when I tell you the back and forth, the bickering with, it's going to be here. It's gonna, I say, how it's going to be there? Her church ain't big enough to hold no more than, I'm probably being nice saying 125 people. 
What 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 who where they going? We could take turns and step outside and let people come in. The hell? I wish I would get up to go outside to let somebody come in and view my mama. Who are you talking to? We're not gonna have it here. We're gonna go here because it's big enough. And then that big old church still wasn't big enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was my only denial about the whole process. And to this day, we do not talk. We do not communicate. There is no talking. After we put our mom in the ground, we don't conversate. And I'm okay with that. Stay away from me. He had nerve to tell me I want no kid in here. You ain't my sister. I said, you've been wanting to say that a long time, huh? Keep that same energy. So that's the only mm-hmm. denial that I had in it because I know I laid my mama out the way she would have wanted to be laid out. Mm. Okay. Okay. Next, uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, coping me- mechanisms while dealing with your grieving journey. Sharon, uh-huh. what do you do to cope? How do you well, cope? I told you. What's your goal? I told you. Go ahead. I, ain't gonna I, lie. I was smoking my butt off. Oh, <laughs> baby, I I was smoking. I was smoking, smoking, smoking. <sighs> I was smoking. I was eating. I was like I told y'all. My my nieces and nephews was over. They were younger. They call me ratchet all they want the viewers. I was smoking with my nieces and because they smoked, and I would rather them smoke around me than to go outside. Else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and don't know what they put in their mouth on. So yeah, I was smoking. I was smoking. I was having me a sip. We was cooking. The radio was playing. After I got through that phase, mm-hmm. I started working out. I got up every day running, walking. I would walk for like two hours. I would hit the track. And that's what I did to cope. And I tried to, like, um, my friend would say, I, this guy, a friend of mine, I went over his house and he had obituaries everywhere. And I was like, um, are you, I was asking him a question. I was like, um, the fact that you, you still got these obituaries and things um, everywhere, I was like, does that mean that um you're um still not over them? You're still grieving? I was like, because I, I don't have that. I don't I really don't want to see an obituary and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with it. And so mm-hmm. he asked me his question was the opposite. He was like, Okay, so the fact that you don't want to see it, does that mean you still grieving? And I was like, mm-hmm. he might be right. Like the fact that you got them around, maybe that means you learn to deal with it. The fact that I don't want to see them mean can mean the opposite that I have still not yet learned to deal with it. But yeah, oh, right. And you haven't you haven't began to process it. You haven't processed yeah. it yet. And I think like um, mm-hmm. so for us it was different because my mother and father requested to be cremated. They never wanted to be buried. My mom would always say her and my father like, "Don't bury me. Don't spend all no money on no funeral. Um, don't do none of that." And so we didn't bury them. So unlike other people, we don't have a plot to go to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. and I don't think I could anyway. Um, my brother, he was, uh, he ain't had no choice but to be cremated because they set his body on fire. And so 
we had a service without his body even being uh. there. We had to mm -hmm. have a, a service that, in January. Yeah. We had to have a service in January with posters and a banner because uh -huh. they hadn't even identified his body yet. They didn't identify uh -huh. his body until March. And so, yeah, it was, I smoked a lot. I was smoking my butt off. Yeah. I smoked. I, I know in out. the beginning for me, I, I drank. I, I used to drink a lot. I really turned into an alcoholic um, when my mom passed. And I was alcoholic. Nobody even knew. I was just having it in my cup, in my car. Just riding, mm -hmm. just drinking every day, every day. Like, it, it hit me like, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this. Um, but after after uh, releasing myself from drinking so much, I began went back to journaling. So that's why I created um, the guided grief journal for brown girls because that helped me process my mother's death. Um, like that, um, just having quiet time, and most importantly for me, resting. I rested. I slept a lot, and just because you're sleeping, don't mean you're resting. Don't because there is Shut a difference. But yeah. I did I did a lot of resting and that helped me to cope. That helped me to cope. Um yeah. Tasha, how about you? Can I say one more thing? Oh look at her. Um, Go ahead. Go I ahead, got Greg. a therapist. I got a therapist. I knew I needed to I, I knew it. I was like, I'm not okay. I was okay with um I, I said it out loud. I said it on Facebook. Like I became real with myself. Like I am not okay. I need a therapist. I need mm -hmm, a therapist. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I got a therapist. And that has helped me so much. So much. But there is nothing wrong with therapy. So I I did a uh I did a 13 week uh program called Grief Share. And I I think that any dealing with grief um should participate in this 13 week program is very, very helpful. And on top of that, I did get a therapist. I go to therapy every week now for one hour. I have an amazing therapist. She helped me through stuff that I didn't even know I was dealing with. So yeah. I don't think it's nothing wrong with going to sit in somebody's chair or laying on the couch and talking about some things that you don't even know you're dealing with. Like yeah. in, in the black community, that's one thing. We shy away from going to get help. And mm -hmm. we have so many childhood trauma issues that's very so deep that they manifested in our adulthood. And we're trying to figure out why we're acting this way. How about you go get some help to unpack some of that stuff? Yeah, it, it, it's it's important. It's important. It's important, yeah. especially as we're getting older. We're getting older. Our parents are even here. Um, certain things are happening in the world, and we have to get to a mentally healthy place to be able to deal with some of this stuff that's going on. And you have to unpack some stuff so you can make room in your mind for what's going to get ready to happen. Because if you don't, it's going to be a ball of confusion. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tasha. 
that's been it for me. That the the first few months um was nothing but drinking and sleeping for me. Um I would not go into my room because a lot of my mom's stuff I put in my room. I stayed in the living room because that's where I had placed her room. I made my living room into her room. So I would just sleep in the living room. I would just lay there. I didn't want nobody to talk to me. Don't bother me. Don't call me. Um, I would. I, I bought a tree specifically to decorate for her. Um, and I left the tree lit all Christmas, all up until, matter of fact, I just took the tree down mm -hmm. um, this year, a few months ago, <laughs> should just left it up. But I took the tree down because I got up one morning, I have a memorial set up in my living room and I would just look at her, her throw blanket. I have a blanket with her picture on it. I have her obituary. I have her casket um, poster on the wall and I'm just like, man, my daddy, my mama, my granny, like, so that was, that was, that's what did it for me, just sleeping and drinking. A couple of times I tried mm -hmm. smoking, I didn't like that. So then I would just give me some gummies, some edibles. I'm like, oh, this works for me. And that's what mm -hmm. I soaked in. And I'm not going to say I, I, I was an alcoholic because I'm not, because I don't drink like that. I might have a sip of wine or something, but, mm. But for me, sleeping and 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 like I don't want to go in my room. Like to this day, I still have not been in my room, and it's been wow. almost a year. It's been almost a year. I'm like, I want to go in my room. I want to get this stuff put up and organized and just stored away. But I'm like, I want to take this. I want to take the memorial down. But then I'm like, my kids say no, Mama. I have my mom's Bible that my that my aunt gave her. My mom's been had this Bible since I was a little girl. Them real big jumbo, gigantic hardback Bibles, the real big mm -hmm. ones, about 11 by 20. And she got everybody's birth certificates in there, you know, yeah. favorite scriptures, $2 bills and this and that. Mm -hmm. And it's just sitting there and I'm just like, wow. The fact that every day when I come in this house, I gotta realize that you're not here. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, I, my coping is sipping on some wine, eating me an edible every now and then, because it's still fresh for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tried therapy, that mm -hmm. stuff didn't work. And then I had a therapist that was like, well, now nah, you ain't supposed to be in that class. I'm like, well, this is what you told me. I don't <laughs> even know who them people are. You know, well, let me stop talking to you because you need therapy yourself. So let me just stop talking to you. So I just feel like, so it was this and making sure I showed up for church no matter what, because I'm on a pray. I was on a praise scene. No matter what, I was still in place in ministry, doing what I needed to do. At times I was able to push through and at times I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's all. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Wait a minute, y'all. Okay. You got something else, Tasha, you want to say while I'm looking for? But I'm trying to see what's our next episode. I can't find it. Girl. 
Oh. Okay, Friday. I don't know. We'll post it definitely if you don't find it. But Sharon, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for being my special guest tonight, getting on, sharing, um, sharing your journey because it's a journey. Um, it's a journey. It's a new way of it's a new way of living. Um, it's a new lifestyle. And people don't understand what it is. So I thank you for um, being strong enough to to do this with us. Because it ain't always strong for us as the host to get on here and do it. Um, and we try to do it without having a breakdown moment. That's why we say it's no filter. Um, it's uncut, unedited. If it's a breakdown moment for you and you got a breakdown and be like, okay, I'm back, then whatever. Um, mm -hmm. it's whatever you need to do. So we thank you for that. Um, continual prayers for you as you go forth. Thing for you all. Thank you. I'm glad y'all hear me on here because it's um only person that I feel like I really have gotten a chance to talk to about it is my therapist. And like I said, she's helped me so much to the point that I'm I'm like Crystal. I used to see her every single week, but when I talked to her um a couple of weeks ago, she was like, "What you think about us seeing each other every time?" She would be like, "So what if we see each other every two week now?" So she's like, "You might not." pay attention to your growth and how you've grown you might kind of still be hard on yourself mm -hmm. you may not mm -hmm. understand that she was like but you've grown leaps and bounds she was like the fact Absolutely. that now you're able to talk about it without being emotional and even if you do that's okay but you know like and so now we at the point where she like, I could see you once a month now. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, my. <laughs> like You said, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, because to me, it represents how much I've grown. Yeah. How much wow. I've unpacked, wow. like you said. And so for yeah. me, it's like, dang, I don't, I, I came this far. You know what I'm saying? Because for a long time, um, you know how the devil just fights you in your mind. I was like, okay, I lost a sister, a brother, a mother, and a father. And I've been lost a grandmother and grandfather. I was like, only thing left now, like, I hold tight to my kids because I'm like, yeah. yeah, like, I've experienced every other type of death and I got over that hurdle. And so it, it just make you... It make you reevaluate stuff so much different. Like Absolutely. I began to reevaluate um, the men that I've dated. Like, cause once my father transitioned, I was like, hell no, nah, my dad wouldn't want. Like, I just felt like he had a bird's eye view of the men that I was dating and conversing with. I was looking like, hell no, nah, I gotta cut you loose. <laughs> my daddy would never approve of you. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> So, and that's yeah, a thing I'm having to having to live with the fact that yeah if you make if you if if you make it to walk down the aisle that our moms and dads are not here daddy not here to walk us down the aisle mm -hmm. mama not here to see me get married my mama not here to see me turn 50 next month i'm just like hell i don't even care no more <laughs> like yeah. whatever it, it becomes yeah. that it becomes that it becomes that and Definitely I'm like, when me and Crystal was talking, like, now you feel like you can move out of town, like, in when, when times where you felt like you can pick up and just move out of town. Yes. Now that they gone, you feel like, oh, I could get up and explore the world. I can go. I can go. Yeah. You free as a yeah. bird. Yeah. Because yeah. my responsibility. 
have been lifted. They're gone. Yeah, so I, I'm not responsible to, for taking care of my elders. My children are grown and on their own, and they're living their best lives wherever they may be at. So mm -hmm. what am I staying for? And I said that the one time I was going to leave, I'm like, mama, you can go with me. Because why I'm still here? You're the only reason. I told a girl, whenever you get up out of here, I'm on the first thing smoking. Mm -hmm. And I'm still here. I'm still ready to go. I'm, I'm, and I'm still going to leave yeah. within the next couple of years. Uh, maybe next year. My son's graduating. My son is graduating next year. So I'm like, uh, yeah, you know. Because I, I, now I don't want to be here. I'm not a cemetery person. I, I'm not going to sit up at no cemetery all the time. Now, when that headstone arrives, I might. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a strong might. Now, Sunday, am I going? Uh, yeah, no. Uh-uh. I'm not ready to. I don't understand how people go and just sit at a cemetery. Yeah. I did it a couple times because I was like, I got to just go stand here where my mama at because it's for real now. I gotta make sure this is real. But now I'm like, yeah, no, I'm ready to push camp. I'm ready to go. You yeah, know, and you still in your early stage. You in your early stage? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Sharon, you just spoke about something, and I want you to kind of, um, because the the way your mind works is amazing to me. Um, you spoke about like the men you date. Hmm. Talk about. Talk about how important it is to have support from a mate during the grieving stage and how that can make or break the relationship. Girl, don't ask me that question right there, man. You, you better back past me on that one because they might be watching. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was um it I think it's definitely important. At that time I just had a, a friend that I had been dating for a while. And Dang. during the uh time he you know he was honest with me. He was like, I, I I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't know how to deal with this. He was like, because I have dealt with death so much that I'm numb to it. Like it's almost as if it's another day it doesn't affect me the way it used to mm -hmm. and he was like mm -hmm. and so i don't know how to be there for you only way i know how to be there for you is financially and that's what he did um he gave me money to uh buy things like he he was there for me financially he gave me money and that was his way of trying to make sure i was okay or i didn't need anything financially he was like any other needs you have like I don't know how to feel them. And he was honest enough with me to tell me that. And so I couldn't hold it against him. But I think having a mate to be there is like very important. Because, yeah, sometimes you do want a person that you can lean on and cry to and somebody, even though you know it's not going to be all right, you okay with hearing it, that it'll be all right mm -hmm. from it'll that okay. person. Absolutely. Yeah, from just that from that person. Because you know it's coming from a place of comfort and them just trying to soothe you and just telling you what you might not accept it from somebody else, but doing mm -hmm. a point of grief and they holding you and they telling you that. I think that is important. So, yeah, I think having the right partner in your life at the time of grief and your people transitioning I think that's very important um and it means a lot and you're right it yes. can make or break a relationship it most definitely can yes. because some people don't know how to you got some evil people in this world 
baby. Evil, and they evil on purpose. And they be looking like, like some people want you to need them. Like for all the times yes. that you've been strong and they saw you do it, it's be like this, they finally, it's their chance, but it's so crazy that they wicked in their chance. Wicked yes, to yes. the point that like, yeah, she need me now. You know what I'm saying? And it'd be like the most wickedest stuff ever. But yeah, I think it's very important. And I, I think that's e even with the friends you surround yourself with. But yeah, especially a mate, um, you be needing it. Um, I watched this thing the other day where they was talking about Kanye and um, the guy asked the question. He said, if Kanye mother had not died, do you think he would have married Kim Kardashian? Everybody like, absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. And so, absolutely the, not. yeah, the guy goes to break it down. He was like, during your moment of grief, there's a vulnerability. He was like, and... It's sad to say some black people don't know how to support that grief. He was like, but a white family come in, um, they surround you, they give you all the fake love that he was like, cause he was a, a celebrity and they knew his potential and they knew what mm -hmm. he could possibly do for the family. Mm -hmm. he was like, so Chris played into that and they all surrounded him with love, um, supported him on everything that he needed to do. He was like, and, of course, in his vulnerability, he married her. And so it is, it's, it's important to, it's like I said, is people can do it for vicious reason. They can do it out of bitterness. It's like, yeah, it Absolutely. is definitely huge on who is in your corner at that time. Because it will it'll push you into a relationship. You know, you ain't got no business being in. That, 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 is, that is so true. And you know what else, Sharon? You know what else, Sharon? I, I, I speak about friends and mates wanting you, while you're grieving, wanting you to show up daily and pour 100% into them and the life. Not realizing that you're about to live a brand new normal and you don't have 100% to give them or anybody else because you're piecing yourself back together. And you don't really yeah. understand your feelings, your emotions. So you're just trying to figure it out. So how am I depleted? I'm on 20, negative 20%. And you're constantly asking me for 100%. Friend, I can't show up for you like that. I'm sorry. Dude, and that's I why I say the business coming in. I'm sorry. Yes. yes. And that's when I had to start. That's why I said there was times I had to ask God for forgiveness because those were the moments where I'd be like, so they don't understand what I'm going through. Okay. God going to show them. And it was like, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm trying to release God raft on people. And I was like, I'm supposed to do that. Like I don't got no business <laughs> doing that. Cause the truth of the matter is I don't even want nobody to feel what I'm feeling. But at times you be looking like, oh, you gonna see what I'm going through real soon. It goes like, my, yeah, because you feel like, like, man, y'all don't see me. Like, yeah, yeah. I was going yeah. through that yeah. state yeah. of mind. Like, so you don't see me. You you don't see me going through it. Like, 
You don't see me. You don't have no sympathy for me. And it was like, okay, you gonna see. If you finna yeah. see. And it, yeah, I had to ask God to forgive me because I was like, do your thing. <laughs> and that's terrible. <laughs> Not do your thing. That is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I was looking like, okay, God, you got to show them because they think it's a joke. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was like I had to go back and ask God to forgive me. Like, I didn't want nobody to experience what I was experiencing because some people yeah, don't make it out of that. That's true. And, and that's one of my favorite lines. I, I tell people, oh, you got to sit on that road one day. You ah, have to sit look. on that one day. And when you get on that yeah. road, you're going to be expecting the same thing that I was that you, that you couldn't give me and sympathy to give me. Yeah. And what happens is we turn around and we still have the empathy and sympathy for them, although they didn't give it to us. Because no, I don't. I was gonna person. say, I ain't gonna lie, I did not all I the will. time. No, I did not. And I, I wanted I to, but it was like, let you go through it like I like I said, let you go through it like I went through it. I'm not going to lie. There was times that I did not have it to give. I ain't wanted to give. Um, there was, um, at one point, I was grieving, and I had a conversation with a family member, and they was like, that ain't no excuse. You still could have woo woo this. And I was like, you know what, God? They going to feel that. Everything they said to me, they going to feel that. And I had to, that's why I said, I had to turn around and ask God, like, you know what, God? I don't even want them to feel that. When it's their time, they going to remember exactly what they said to me. That's when you allow them mm -hmm. to remember that. Because in my mind, it was all evil. Like, I cannot wait to tell you that don't matter. Okay, mm. life goes on. That don't matter. Same thing you told me. Like, that ain't no excuse. I could not wait to say that ain't no excuse. And I had to ask God to forgive me. So, yeah, I wasn't always, mm. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I, I wasn't always in that state of mind. And I don't think I would always be in that state of mind. And I'm just being honest. I, I think, I think for me, I, um, my heart is so big. I, I've always been open to giving people um, empathy when it comes to grieving. Um, but what I realized in therapy, I realized that I had become so depleted by pouring out that I had to begin to create boundaries. And Absolutely. I had to begin to say no. And I had to begin to tuck my feelings for myself. And, and and not care so much about what others had going on. Because how can I be there for you and I can't even be there for myself? You can't I'm pour from an day. empty cup. You cannot. You, you cannot I'm pour empty. from an empty cup. Empty train. So I had to I had to realize that and I had to fall back. And, and that's just me being honest. I had to fall back. Now, was it easy? It was not easy. But it was something that I had to do for me and I had to go on this journey so that I could get my joy back and bring my happy back because although I was it looked like I was I was faking it now that I experienced the therapy and went through the heal, healing and the growing and 
Um, I processed everything I need to pretty much process. Um, I think I'm whole, healed, and happy now. Without yeah. apologies. Without and that's apologies. because you set boundaries. That because you had to. That was the only way you was going to move through it. You you had no choice but to. I set so many boundaries. I used to, baby. I'm down to two or three people, maybe four. Like. I don't hang out. Y'all don't, y'all barely see me. Um, I stopped hanging with the people that I used to hang with. I was, I, I, because I started, when people would be so petty with me with the simplest stuff, I began to evaluate life. And mm -hmm. my thing was, I don't want any more one-sided relationships. I made up my mind. I'm not doing any more one-sided relationships. I began to tell people, after the people I lost to death, you think I care about losing people to, to life? I can give a damn about losing people to life. So if sure. I can get you right out of my way, that's what I was going to do. I was that's moving true. everybody out of my way. And I began to set boundaries like, I, I started telling my sister like that's the one thing I, I hate that my parents didn't teach us growing up set boundaries because we were they we grew up in church like I said I'm a pastor's kid and so it was like be nice forgive everybody I felt like that's what my brother did right now today because he had somebody around him still trying to show love when not to say that he should not have been loving him but that's the person that eventually killed him and so it was like yeah, I'm done with that. I'm done. Like I can love you, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna love you with boundaries. I'm gonna love you from my set of rules, not not what I was just like taught strictly in church. Love, <laughs> forgive, do this. Like no, there are manners in which everything should be done, and Absolutely. so I set boundaries, and them Absolutely. boundaries help me get rid of so many people Absolutely. and so many one-sided relationships. Do y'all know that I was 44 years old when I found out that no was a complete sentence? <laughs> I'm so serious. Like, I could believe it. Yes, no. Because we so used to saying, yeah, yes, people I like, what? Have it. Yeah. No, it's no. Yeah. It's no. It's no. Oh, wow. We've unpacked so much tonight. <laughs> Sharon, what you what you got for the people that you want to leave them with? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tasha. Did you got something? Uh -huh. something uh -uh, y'all want to ask me, girl? Y'all want to ask me now? <laughs> y'all want to ask me? Well, give us something. Got to give us something. Give us something. Got... What you want me to give? <laughs> What's the question? Give me Let her be. That I got. I, I um dealing with a mate. Um, I was I was dating. Um, I was dating when my mom took ill. Um, longtime friend of mine, and uh, he was there. He was there every step of the way. But them colors started showing, and that one time he showed that color, my mom was having a surgery. He drove all the way to the city to get petty because he couldn't find a park. You know, hospitals, you got to pay for parking on the streets. I can't find a park. Go park in the garage. I will have your ticket validated. I'm going back home. So you drove all the way out here for nothing. Okay, go home. Whatever. That showed me the true colors. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to him no more after that. 
every now and then. And then that day, surgery, it was supposed to be like a two-hour surgery that turned into like an eight-hour surgery. I hadn't heard from him how things go. Nothing until two days later. I said, you texted mm. me two days later? Lose this number. How about that? He was that upset? Lose this number because you was that upset about a damn pop and you went back home. Boy, that lose this number. So, um, I just felt like, okay, God, you just showed me his true colors. Okay. I, but what I did tell him, I say, I'll trust and believe the pain that I'm going through is going to hit you. And when it hits you, you're not going to even understand. But keep in the back of your mind that I told you, you that it's going to hit me? That, it, that it's going to hit you. Me? How you did me. It's going to hit you. So then God placed, um, um, I, I was going, it was one of them moments. I was like, listen, I just need, I just need to go outside and God placed a friend to say, Hey, I'm going to take you out. I was like, no, it was just something I put up there. Just felt like something good to say. I don't have time to go outside. I'm caring for my mom. He said, that's fine when you get some time. Um, and I was like, well, this ain't the norm that I usually, you know, date. Um, I'm stepping outside the box. Today, we still together. I'm stepping outside the box. I'm, I'm going to see what it do. And when I tell you, he has been my rock. When my mom passed, he was like, oh, my God. He didn't know what to say. Um, because he knew the everyday life. My life, my mama was my life, the hospital, the nursing homes, all of that was my life. Everything was on a back burner. My daughter made sure my son got back and forth to school because my life was my mama. My only downtime was when I would get time to go out walking. Um, and so when he, when she passed away, um, I didn't answer his call. He happened to, he had called me a couple times. I finally texted to say my mom passed. He didn't know what to say. Somebody was like, you got to reach out to her. He was like, what do I say? Like, he was like, I don't know. She didn't want to talk. And to this day, it, it, it's like he said, you know, I'm here for whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God placed you in my life at the time he did because the person that I was with I had to move him out the way for him to make you appear. Yep. But these no good nothing um, <laughs> ninjas. They go. They will definitely show you their true colors. Absolutely. Yeah. And not even them. People in general. When in I general. tell you, when I tell you, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I have been there for so many people. I have showed up whether I whether a card, um, especially when it comes down to funerals, losing somebody. When I say mm -hmm. I know I have showed up and to not get that back in return, that will bother you. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's what it, it will bother not not a not a hey, I'm sorry for your loss. Now that you got my condolence, not a nothing. When I know that I have been there in physical, I have cooked some stuff, showed up and just let you lay on my lap, lay on my shoulder, answer my phone when you needed somebody to talk to. And then you got nerve not to, when it's my time, you got nerve not to even 
send up. You have my condolences. When I tell you when my mama left here, that was that helped me cut so many people. A circle, girl, I ain't got no circle. My circle, my circle is an circle. It's real small, it's real tight. Yeah. I got and it. tight people, and it ain't even family. Cause baby family, they all cut. Get somewhere and sit down somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, that circle mm -hmm. is really, really, my circle consists of my close-knit sisters. And then, if you ain't been in my life in the last two years, baby, that Get on some, well, in the last, get on somewhere. Miss me with all of that. Don't send me no invitations now. Don't, hey, can you, are you coming? No, because when I needed you to show right. up, where was, where was you? I shouldn't have to call you and say, I need you. I shouldn't have to call you and say nothing. I just shouldn't. I, I, I yeah, no, I told you, don't ask me. <laughs> um, everybody got cut with the exception of my circle and my circle consists of my, my sisters in Christ. That's it. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Sherry, you want to leave the people with something inspirational before we close out? Um, inspirational, what I would say is um, therapy helps. Um, I know Tasha said it didn't work for her. It didn't help her. Um, but for me, therapy helped tremendously. Um, I, like I said, I used to, um, I got a better relationship with God. I definitely did that. I used to have to set an alarm to wake me up to, um, pray and make sure God is the first person that I talk to in the morning. I no longer mm -hmm. have to set an alarm. I do that on a regular. I don't care if I get a four, five in the morning. God is the uh -huh. first person that I try to talk to every single morning. That has helped me a lot. Um, when I didn't know what to say, what to think, like I turned to God. I turned to the weed. I had me a couple of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but God is God sustained. He he lasted way longer than the weed and Absolutely. the drinks. So yeah, Absolutely. when I'm I'm past that now, I ain't, I don't care about none of that. I'd rather have I'd rather have Jesus. Like God did it for me. Absolutely. And my Absolutely. And thank God I got introduced to my therapist and everything else. Like God, he designed it for me. And so I, I I definitely say, um, get a therapist. Get a therapist. Yeah. Tasha. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'm not fooling with you. Lean on God. That's it. You 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 have to lean on God and trust that He don't make any mistakes. Um, yeah, we question God. We shouldn't, but we question because, oh, did I question him? Um, but we have to still in all lean on him. Um, like Sharon said, talk, let him be the first person you talk to. Um, I'm up every morning, four or five o'clock. And I have my, I have my time with him. Even throughout the day, I have my time with him. Yeah. Um, no, nah, baby, I ain't sleep. I'm woke, Kyla. Um, I have my time with him throughout the day, 
um again it's still fresh for me it's just coming up to eight months and in, in a couple of days so um it's a journey that i am learning to to live with and um my church family my bishop has been my rock um through it all and I thank God for them. I, I thank God for having a sound mind, an understanding mind to still in all um, be able to still go to him. Now, therapy mm -hmm. didn't work for me, but I have the spiritual guidance and mm -hmm. I know God for myself. And I know that he's walking with me every step of the way. So mm -hmm. I encourage you all to... Um, Look to the hills from which cometh your help and know that all of your help comes from God. Comes from God. And it still ain't too Absolutely. late, Tasha, for your therapy. Like you can run into a, you'll eventually run into a good therapist that will work for you. Yeah. A good therapist. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, ladies. Uh, now for me, this is something I normally don't do at the show, but tonight I just feel like. I need to leave everyone with this verse. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not until thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. As we bring this episode to a close, I really want to thank you, Sharon, for pouring out your heart tonight and being so open to converse with us about your your grief journey. Throughout our conversations, we venture, we've ventured into heart of grief, dispelling misconceptions along the way. Our conversation in Excuse me. <laughs> our conversations illuminated the profound mental, physical, and emotional impact of grief. As a grief coach, my mission is to help you navigate and embrace your grief with compassion. Keep in mind, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. To those presently on their own grief journey, remember that you are not alone. Grant yourself the time and space needed to heal. It's a journey of gradual process and progress. Stay tuned for our up-and-coming episodes where we'll explore diverse dimensions of grief and its healing process. Take good care of yourself. As I always say, be kind to yourself. Yes. Find, find you that one thing that allows you to cope and be at peace. For me, I found baking. Baking gives me so much peace and joy. That's my thing. So this week, get you a journal. Write down some things that you like to do and what gives you peace, gives you joy and keep you happy and begin to do those things. Incorporate those things into your weekly routine. Take good care of yourself and practice self-kindness. It's worth noting that healing is possible and together we can pay tribute to the essence of grief. As I close, I always say this. If there was no love, there'll be no grief. If there wasn't any grief, you have not been loved. So consider yourself blessed. Have a good evening and thank you so much. I'm Crystal. And I'm Tasha. And I'm Sharon.
Thank you. Have all. a good Bye. night. Thank you for being on Unwrapping the Gift of Grief. Now make me a cake. <laughs>